0: Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I have with me an expert advocate manager from A. Weber. She is Jenna Bagley, and she is a mother of three, and she helps people to basically get their AWeber accounts kind of going? Is that what you, is that the exact thing that you do or provide? Yes. Hi, how are you? (laughs) So as the advocate manager,
1: I help people teach their audiences about email marketing, why it's so powerful and how they can get started with AWeber and how we do email marketing in a very powerfully simple way. So yes, I get to teach people Small business owners, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, how to jumpstart their email marketing strategies.
0: That's awesome. I love it, and we all, I think, need help with that. I think email marketing is one of those things that is like thorn in everyone's side. Like you either do it and do it okay, or you don't do it at all because you're avoiding it. <laughs> that's that's the yeah, I that totally.
1: I <laughs> I totally agree with that. You know, a lot of people are intimidated or overwhelmed or they don't know where to get started. And let's be honest, most people who started their business did not start thinking, hey, I want to become an email marketer. <laughs> they, yeah. they have to do email marketing as part of their marketing strategy, but it's not really why they became a business owner. And so, part of our mission at Aweber is to do about ninety percent of the work for you, so that we can leave all that fun stuff and all the things that you're passionate about to you, like you know your branding and your logo and your um, content, your personality.
0: So, yes, I, I totally
1: agree with what you said.
0: Awesome. So today we're going to talk about how to launch your strategy and follow email best practices. And before we get into that, I want to ask you one thing and then make a statement about one of the other things that you said. So let me first make my statement. Um, she mentioned okay. taking 90% of the work away from you with AWeber. And I actually am going to personally vouch for that because I am just in the beginning processes of switching from Mailer Light to AWeber. And literally all I had to do, and I'm going to tell you this, I have like, probably 30 lists in my MailerLite account. So what they did was they actually imported all of my lists, all of my landing pages, all of my automations, all of my emails, literally absolutely everything. All I had to do was send them an email with my username and my password for MailerLite. And then That's all they actually set up. All the tags they set up, all of the it was just amazing. So, I just want to comment on that in the fact that I literally had to do nothing (laughs) except Anita. Yes,
1: exactly. So, you know, part of our mission in doing 90% of the work for you is having a really great support system, and we have. 24-7 Our 24-7 customer solutions team and they're amazing and they're there to help you get started to answer any questions give you advice troubleshoot but we also have this amazing service that we offer which is our free migration services you hit the nail on the head we will move everything over for you so if you are already doing email marketing and kudos to you if you are, but you want to give AWeber a try, um, we will do all the heavy lifting for you. We'll move everything over and, and you know, make sure that you're set up for success. And if you have never done email marketing, while, you know, there might not be things to migrate, we will still help you set up and start it. And we have a ton of amazing resources as, you know, support and education is really at the forefront of who we are as a as a company.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I've been very impressed so far with everything. So I love it. And one thing that I want to ask you that I ask all of my guests before we get started is how did you get started um, being able to work from home for AWeber? Um, I know maybe you didn't work from home at the beginning, or maybe you did, or maybe the COVID thing affected it. But anyway, tell us your story. Well,
1: so I came to AWeber after having a lot of different really cool life and career experiences. So I've worked in a lot of different kind of industries. I've done bridal. I've done real estate, recruiting, sales, and marketing. I've done direct sales. I've owned my own business. So as I said, I've done and seen a lot of really cool things. And I kind of found my way to AWeber and it's an incredible company we're based here in Pennsylvania and up until uh COVID happened we worked out of our headquarters in Chalfont PA which is a suburb outside of Philadelphia and we have about 100 employees and for the last three months we've all been working remotely just due to all the stay-at-home orders and and whatnot And about a month ago, they announced that we are going to be a 100% remote first team, and that's really exciting. Um, So we are going through an adjustment from working in our office every day together to now being at home. And I'll tell you, we haven't missed a beat. It's really incredible. We are very collaborative. We do a lot of video meetings, and uh, we have a lot of great communication tools. So. We are all successfully working from home and have been for the last three months, and that's where we're moving into the future. So uh, I have my home office now, which is great, and no more commute, which saves some time. So it's been a really, really great positive experience.
0: That's awesome. I think a lot of companies are going to be shifting into that permanent, you know, virtual setting because I think that they probably are seeing that people can be just as productive at home. And it also saves the company a lot of money as far as leases and rentals and those kind of things. And there's so much benefit for, you know, the flexibility of, of everything, just being able to like, you know, if your kid's crying or something or, you know, anything, your kid needs help with their homework, like you can actually go and do that and then come right back and get right back to work, you know? So. Yeah.
1: And I've been really lucky. My kids have been great and they know when mommy's working that they need to knock on the door or they need to not even <laughs> come to me. And and my kids are a little bit older. So I have a 14 year old, a nine year old and a six year old. So they understand mommy has to work. Here are the hours that she's going to be working. Here are the hours that are time set aside for them. And you know, my husband is a gem and he's really been great And right now our kids are at camp for the next seven weeks. So uh, that certainly makes things a little bit easier as well.
0: That's awesome. Um, That is amazing. And I want to point out one other thing that just came to my mind when you were talking about no commute. And I'm like, okay, so none of us really have an excuse to like not exercise now because our commute, (laughs) like, you know, that's when the, you know, where we were commuting in that time we don't really have you know an excuse like what are we doing with that extra 30 or 30 minutes or an hour or whatever however long it took you to get there before that's what my thought is because i know i need to like reallocate that time so <laughs> yeah that.
1: definitely that's for sure and and i think it's really easy to kind of get stuck in like blurred lines right so when you're yeah. working from home it Like what's really helped me is that I have very like strict times. So I'm working from nine to 12 and one to five. And then I try to turn off work when I'm with my kids and when I'm, you know, and vice versa. So that's really helped me. Now, is that a perfect system? No, it's not but we've tried to do some really like fun things together. So like at lunch, we'll all take a family walk or when I'm done working, we'll take a family walk. And then that way too, it's family time plus exercise. So it's kind of killing two birds with one stone, which has really helped us and made sure that we're still spending quality time together. Even though we're spending more time together, um, we want to make sure we have those really um, intentional times that is allocated to, the family catching up on your day. Mm-hmm. Um, we eat dinner together every night too. So when you set kind of boundaries, I feel like it helps, especially with this kind of new reality of, or at least for me for w- working from home and having uh, the family here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely an adjustment, I think for the entire country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least those of them, those who have shifted to that work from home, you know, and also the kids at home all the time. <laughs> that school was a really- <laughs> babysitter but uh, (laughs) yeah so awesome so let's go ahead and start talking about email marketing and um, you know how can we get started and what are we gonna do like what are those steps that we need to take
1: yeah I mean first I think it's really important to understand what email marketing is and why it's so powerful and when we have customers and we have potential customers We want to stay top of mind. We want to stay in front of them because a lot of times people are going to find us and they're not ready to take action or engage or make a purchase, Um, but they like what you do. So it's really important that you capture their email so that you can connect with them over and over and over again. And really what email marketing is, it's the practice of building a relationship and building trust over time. So that when they are ready to engage or take action or purchase, they're coming back to you because you're in their inbox. It's easy, right? And the thing about email marketing is that you're writing a very specific, highly personalized email to one person, but you're sending it at scale. So it can be really powerful in the terms of like you're in control, right? There's no algorithm. You send an email, they either open it or they don't open it. But they're gonna see it in their inbox. When you're posting on social media, that platform's deciding who's gonna see it. So, you know, having another marketing um, platform is never a bad idea. And really, email should work in a synergy with all the other marketing things that you're doing. And it should all be one big comprehensive strategy. So, that's why you should use email because it's going to be far more likely for someone to see a message in their inbox than potentially on a, a social media platform. And you know, when you're getting started in email, there's really three things that I suggest you start with and then make sure that those are dialed in and then you can kind of move into more sophisticated ways of using email. So there's really three things you need to do and, and one would be to first create that signup form or a landing page have it on your website whether you're doing e-commerce you you have a podcast of your own or a blog or even on your social media make sure there's a way that you can capture emails to start building that audience and building that list and if you are an entrepreneur that doesn't have a web presence maybe you don't have a website you can build a landing page and that's free to do inside of a Weber and what that is, is instead of like a big robust website where people can navigate from different pages to different pages, it's just one page, it has a very clear message, usually just one call to action. You want them to do something on this page, uh, take some sort of action, whether it's join your, your sign up form, maybe it's a button taking them back to your social or back to uh, wherever you want to drive them. and without an audience, you can't send emails. So step one is really to make sure you have that sign-up form. And if you do have a website, maybe you're using a WordPress, we have an amazing, robust AWeber for WordPress plugin. So you can easily integrate into your website and collect subscribers, collect people who have visited your site that like, you know, they like what they see, and then that gives them a chance to connect with you. So that's the first and foremost thing that you want to do.
0: That's awesome. I am a huge fan of landing pages especially um you know within your email because it, it's a really easy way if you wanted to have like a quick challenge or something to kind of get people onto that list and get them participating and I love landing pages. I'm a landing page junkie maybe, I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and there is you kind of said something <laughs> Exactly. You said something really interesting too and that's, you know, if you want to have a sign up form or a landing page that converts having a lead magnet or a a freebie or, or something of value that you're offering in exchange for that email address. Because nowadays, people are so protective of their email address that you want to really incentivize them to give up that protection. So whether it's exactly what you said, a challenge, maybe it's a guide or a checklist or a PDF or maybe you're a blogger and you compiled your 10 most popular blog posts, or maybe you're more specifically a food blogger. You could compile your five most, you know, saved recipes. And that could be something that's really valuable to your target audience that they would happily give their email address for to have. If it's going to make their life easier or give them something that's new that they're going to learn, then they're much more likely to give their email address and I can think of you know just being a mom I give my email address away all the time especially this time of year like end of school with like yeah. the school printables you know if you want a free download a free printable download of like last day of third grade like I'll give you my email address yeah um, so think about your customer who you're trying to attract and make sure that whatever that lead magnet is that it answers a, a problem that they might have or relates directly to an interest
0: that they would have yeah that's awesome. Can I ask you? Well, let me. I'll ask you at the end. I want to ask you a question about deliverability, but um, let's go ahead and go through your tips.
1: Okay. Well, second thing that you want to do. So, all right, you have a sign up form now. What? Well, first thing after that you want to do is you want to make sure you have a welcome series, and what that is is it's either one email or a group of emails that automatically. Okay automatically sends to your subscriber once they join your list. And this is gonna save you a ton of time, right? And we're all moms, we're all busy. If you can save yourself time in any way, like you go for it, right? So the welcome email will automatically send once they join their list. And what that does is it kind of sets the tone for all the future emails that they are going to receive. So um, first and foremost, you want to include your lead magnet, right? Because if you offered a freebie in exchange for their email, make sure you deliver that in that first email because as I mentioned, email is all about relationship building, it's about trust, and if you break that trust from the beginning, it's really hard to come back from that. So make sure you deliver your incentive. Next, you wanna tell them to whitelist you, which means it could be as simple as adding you as a contact. Um, You want to set expectations, and this is really important. What kind of content are they going to get from you? And just to go back, you should add that to your sign-up form. You know, let them know how often you're going to email them. What kind of content are they signing up for? Is it a mini course? Is it a checklist? Is it a a PDF? What are they going to expect after that? And then make sure you're introducing yourself and Explaining your mission and who you are and how you can help them and and make sure you're always tailoring it to them You want to add some personality in there? But you always want to think about well How does this help or how do I help this customer and then be excited in your email? It's the first email they're gonna get so make sure that you convey you know your excitement and encourage them to be excited to receive your future emails so having that welcome email is going to save you time as i mentioned and then also um, set you up for long-term success because the welcome email typically gets the highest open rates it gets the biggest click-through rates because your subscribers are most engaged when they first join your list so make sure you um capitalize on that
0: yeah that's awesome i never, I don't think I have those included in mine. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think I have, I definitely have obviously the, the lead generation, you know, whatever that freebie is, but I don't think I have the whitelisting and the expectations in there for sure. So, well, that's something you can add in there now. You learned something today. I did.
1: Thank you. uh, (laughs) You're welcome. And for those of you who are AWeber customers or you want to become an AWeber customer, going back to doing you know, most of the work for you, we've created campaign templates. And what a campaign is, that's like your automation or your automated sequence. And we've already built the template for you. Um, a, we've done a three email series, or three email in the series that's already done, and you just kind of plug and play your, your freebie, your content, your personality, um, all the copy about whitelisting is already there for you. It kind of gives you an outline of what to include. So you just fill in the blanks and wow. um, it's ready to go. So if you don't know what should be in your welcome series or even your lead magnet series or a blogger series or a course series, we have all those templates ready to go for you and you just personalize them and add your, your final touch to them. So um, it's super, super easy to send a welcome series inside of Aweber.
0: That's awesome! I am excited about that because then I can just use that.
1: <laughs> I <am super> <laughs> exactly, that's what it's there for.
0: Yeah, and just
1: like, make oh. sure you know to really make it your own. Add in your branding colors. Add in your logo. You want to make sure that the someone that was on your website and that saw your sign up form, or maybe was on your social and somehow ended up on your email list. When they get that email, it should be recognizable. It should you know, have that branding, have that familiarity so that it's not like, who's emailing me? It's like, oh, right. Amanda's emailing me because it should all match it and go together and have that brand uh, recognition.
0: Awesome. I love it. All right. right. So, and then the last thing
1: really, in order to launch your strategy is that you want to send a regular newsletter so what that is, it's, it's a consistent email that you're sending that offers value to your audience. And, you know, anything can be included in a newsletter, as long as, you know, when you look at it, you say, does this help? And when I say regular, that cadence is going to be dictated by you. There's no really magic formula of how often you should be sending. The key is sending consistently. So. You know, depending on how much content you have, that's really gonna dictate how often you're sending. If you publish a lot of things more frequently, then you're gonna email more frequently. But if you don't, then maybe the emails will be farther apart. So you wanna make sure that whatever goes into this regular newsletter, that it's relevant to them, it's timely, it's not redundant, it's something, again, that provides a huge value to them. So if you have a lot to share, then once a week might be a great cadence. If you don't have as much, maybe you publish blog posts or um, you have sales less frequently, you could do once a month. But I wouldn't suggest going longer between emails than that because you wanna make sure that your list stays engaged. And the more you email them, the more engaged they'll be. Um, if you're sending once every couple months or once every six months, by the time you get around to sending them an email, they've already forgotten about you. So just keep in mind that emails should really be about staying top of mind. And a lot of people say like, well, I don't even know what to put in a newsletter. And it could be really simple. Um, It could be a quote. It could be frequently asked questions. It could be a promotion. It could be driving them back to social media or driving them back to your podcast or your course or your e-commerce site. So think about where ultimately you want them to end up and drive them back there in your email. It could be an article, uh, infographics, um, really just keep it simple. You probably have so much great content already that you can repurpose a lot of that in your newsletter. And if not, you can always curate as well. So what curation is, is finding useful things from around the web and including that in your newsletter. So just make sure you're linking back to them, you don't wanna ever pass off someone else's content as your own. But maybe it's a YouTube video that relates to your customer or relates to a problem that they have. Uh, maybe it's like for me, my target audience, i have a side business, and my target audience are busy moms and so I always include my favorite recipe of the week in my weekly email. And you know, I say like, hey, I know we're all busy, it's so hard figuring out what to make for dinner, Here's one that was a hit with my kids. Check this out. Let me know if you, if you make this for your own family. And then I have a picture and I link right to it. But it could also be, hey, what are you watching on Netflix? What are your top five shows that you've watched over quarantine that you would recommend? Or a book or how you're keeping your kids busy during stay at home or this summer. I mean, like the possibilities are endless. So just keep it simple. You don't have to write thousand word blog posts to have a really great email newsletter
0: think that's a great point. And all of those things sound like amazing ideas. I think you just gave everybody a ton of content ideas <laughs> just um, in that like, you know, two minutes. I love it. The other thing that you mentioned um, that I think it kind of jogged my mind of where you could get content is just go into your Canva account and like, look at all the stuff that you have in there. Um, at least that's where all of my like, Graphics and promos and all that stuff live and like just go around and poke around in there and see what ideas you've already had You know,
1: like yeah, that's a great idea and and people always get hung up on like oh well I posted that on social media. I can't put that in my email, but yes, you can you absolutely can and find content that you created that really resonated or had a really great engagement rate and you can put that in your email because people who have found your sign up form might not be social media followers so you can actually turn your email subscribers into social followers and fans and then you can take social media followers and fans and turn them into email subscribers so it should all work in like one big like synergy yeah. um you know because you know you could have someone that follows you on every platform that you post on and i guarantee they haven't seen everything that you posted yeah. So to make sure that they get the message, it's okay to repurpose or recycle content.
0: Yeah. I love that idea and I love the idea of the synergy between them. Like it's almost like a an ecosystem. What is it? The water cycle that my kids <laughs> always talk about like the rain comes down and then it evaporates with the sun and you know like it feeds the plants and so like all of that can kind of work into, you know, exactly what you're saying. I think that
1: it's exactly like that. That is such a great way to kind of tie that all together. You should not be putting all your eggs in one basket. Everything should work together in harmony. One leads to another leads to another. It's, it's one big like circle of life. And you know, I, I love that analogy for sure.
0: Awesome. So the next, if I may ask you a question, um, Absolutely. So I would like you to talk about deliverability because when I first talked to you on our podcast pre-call, this was the little like ding that I needed to switch from Mailer to AWeber. This was like the thing that you mentioned that was like, oh, I think I need to switch. You know, like it would it just like triggered me. So go ahead and and tell like kind of maybe re-explain what you explained to me yeah sure
1: so we've been an industry leader in email marketing since 1998 and since then it's really been our mission to make sure that emails hit the inbox and not the spam folder and you know to that point we have an entire team of engineers who their whole job is to make sure that our emails get delivered so we have an entire department on email deliverability we handle all of our uh, email deliverability in-house, where a lot of our competitors outsource to third parties, and so you know that really lets us have more control and to really take ownership and make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure that those uh, emails get received. And we have such a great reputation for being around as long as we have, and we have great relationships with the internet uh, service providers and you know, we've just done a lot to make sure that we are getting everyone's emails where they need to be. And we also, to that point, we want to make sure that everyone is using email marketing in a way that it's intended to. So part of that is we are a permission-based email platform. And what that means is that we send emails to people who want to hear from you. So people have to opt in to receive emails from you. Which is via that sign up form or that landing page, or you know maybe they made a purchase from you. They signed up in person using one of our mobile apps. So making sure that we monitor and and ensure that people who are using our platform are using it, as I said, as intended. So it's something that we take a lot of pride in that our deliverability has such an amazing reputation. And educating people on making sure that they're sending email to the people that have explicitly said that they want to receive email. So that goes a long way in making sure our deliverability stays um, at, at the top.
0: That's awesome. And of course, I now have another question because <laughs> sure. I guess I'm full of them. But when so I'm I, here for. So I have a Facebook group for the you know the show and just my community in general. And so when. You know, if someone joins that group. They put their email in the third question, um, if they'd like to be on the email list. Now that goes to a CSV file automatically, and then I occasionally will download all of those and put them into my email list. Is that acceptable? Because they've given permission, or
1: they? Yeah. So two things I want to mention about that. So if they're providing you with their email address, and you've made it clear to them that by giving their email address, they're going to be added to your mailing list. Then yes, because they understand that yes, that's the intent of them giving their email addresses that they're going to be added to your mailing list. So that's fine. The second thing is we integrate with Facebook. So if you have a Facebook page, you know, a public page, business page, you can integrate your um, sign up form right into Facebook. So on your page, on the left hand side, there'll be a menu, right? So it'll say you know, about or products or. Whatever else you have, and you can add a tab that's called email or sign up for updates, or you know what you can name it whatever you want. But you can integrate your sign up form so that when someone clicks on that tab, it will open up your sign up form like in line with the page. Um, they don't leave Facebook; it's all integrated seamlessly in there. And you could even go further and add a tag to that person so that you know they came from Facebook. So maybe you want to do a campaign that's driving people to like your Facebook page and you don't want to set you want to exclude them because they're already on your Facebook page. So you could do something like that. Or if you are on Instagram, you could add a sign up form link to your bio link or you could have a a link service or better yet, put your Aweber landing page as the link on your Instagram. So, yeah, that's a great question. Hopefully I answered that and gave you even another idea of how to collect subscribers on your Facebook page.
0: Yes, you definitely did. That was amazing. That's awesome. I love it. That's such good information from a compliance standpoint. And I think it's one of those gray areas that people are always like, "Mm, is this okay or is it not okay? So, yeah, I get a lot of questions from people
1: like, Hey, I went to a convention or conference. Or a trade show and I got hundreds of business cards can I add them in to my email list and really the answer to that would be well what was the intention of them giving you their business card Mm -hmm. if their intention was here's my business card add me to your mailing list then yes that's okay but if they if it was just like hey we're gonna keep in touch personally then they're not going to be expecting to be added to your mailing list. And then when they get that first message, it's going to feel icky. So um, just think about your customer. The list is not about how many people you can add. That's not the goal with email marketing. It's not how many people can I add into my list and send an email to. It's did they express that they want to hear from me through this medium? It's like, you wouldn't add a million people to your Facebook group. And if you, if you did, you shouldn't, right? Yeah. It should be there opting into it because you're going to have so much more success. And I'd rather have a small list of highly engaged subscribers than a huge list and no one's opening my emails. So just keep that in mind that the end of result is to connect with more people. It's not to grow your list to as many people as you can.
0: Yeah. So hopefully that
1: Kind of helps with what's okay and what's not okay.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, the other question, or I guess it's more of a comment, but you can really kind of define and narrow down who those people are that you're attracting by your lead magnet, right? Like, that's the best way to really, like, let's say I want to target only moms who are coaches that are struggling with time management, then I would go and create a time management for mompreneur coaches, right?
1: Yeah. So tagging and segmenting is a really great email practice because when you send super relevant information to someone, they're much more likely to first of all open the email and then, you know, do whatever call to action you have in your email. So, you know, say you have a niche of customers, but then you have sub niches within there, you could tag them and then send them communications that are targeted specifically to them so you know think about an example where yes you could tag them based on the lead magnet so maybe you have multiple landing pages each landing page has a different freebie or guide or something you can send them on one path one campaign and then you have another one that has a different guide and you can send them down that campaign and another thing you could do it in your welcome email is get to know them in your email it should be a a back-and-forth conversation the goal is to engage back and forth so you could even so let's say you have a clothing company and and that's your business you could in your welcome email say hey I want to get to know you better which sounds more like you and you could have a link that says and, and it could take you to a landing page You could say like everyday fashion that's effortless and chic. Or you could have another link that would say workout wear that's fashion forward and comfortable. And so you're getting to learn more about who they are because all of us, we have different needs and different interests. And by figuring out what those interests are specific to that person, you can help tag them and then segment. So in that same example, if someone lives in workout and athleisure wear, I'm gonna send them more targeted information on that. Maybe dresses and skirts aren't gonna be their thing. And so they're gonna open my email and be like, well, I don't wear this stuff and like unsubscribe. Whereas you had what they needed the whole time, it's just that you you weren't sending the relevant information. So you could use tagging and segmenting in really powerful ways to really target your message and tailor it to that individual. And remember, you're sending an email to one person, you're just doing it at scale. So you want to make sure that you're sending things that directly relate to that one person and tags help you do
0: that. That's great. That's a really great example of how that works depending on which one they click on. So I love that. And I think, is there anything, I guess my next question is, is there anything in a Weber? So like, let's say that person clicks on, like you have like 20 people that click on the, um, the athletic wear link Does it automatically create a segment and say, like, okay, you know, like you had 20 people that clicked on this? Would you like to create a segment, or do you need to set that up manually, or how does that work?
1: So, when you create the message, you can create an action based on the click. So, when they click on that, you can apply an action that says, if they click on this link, add this tag. And so, in that example, I might say, if they click on athletic and athleisure wear, add the tag fit, then they're automatically going to get that tag, and then it could trigger another campaign automatically. So you could trigger your campaign based on a tag. Just like if they picked everyday chic, they would get a different tag, and then they could go down a different campaign that automatically triggers. So automations and campaigns are really really powerful and simple to use and again we do have templates for campaigns that kind of help you but you do have to uh, create that tag for it to work and it could be a custom tag it's just a keyword so if you were sending to your coach your mom coaches you could create a tag that says mom coach and then it's going to take them down a different campaign um, yeah. and you could even send your one-time broadcast to a specific segment so A lot of it's done for you. You just have to create the tag and and apply that action to your message. And, you know, different campaigns can be triggered on different things. So maybe that's being triggered on on subscribe or it could be triggered based on a tag or it could be triggered based on an action. So we have a lot of great resources about how automations work. We have a really robust knowledge base. Again, we have our 24 seven customer solutions that can walk you through how to get this all set up. We have on-demand webinars. So lots of resources if you're feeling a little overwhelmed right now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love the fact that you have all of, all of those resources, but I also really like that you make that tagging um, proactive and really easy to implement. So, yay. Okay. So are there any other things about getting started with email um, that you would like to share with us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest piece of advice is if you're not doing it, just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, this whole strategy that you um, that you have to think out and it's like, oh gosh, it's going to take me a month just to put the plan together. Just sign up for an account, get started, you be your first subscriber, and just make that sign up form or that landing page. You. Craft your welcome series. Like if you build it, they will come, right? So, you know, a lot of people say, Well, I don't have an audience. Well, no, but you're going to build it and you can do it through email marketing. And so, if you build it, they will come. Make sure you have everything in place. You have your sign up form, you have your welcome series, and then just start sending. And you can put your sign up form or landing page URL anywhere. So, whether it's social, it's on your website, it's here, it's there you know, just get started. Don't overcomplicate it. Reach out to us for help. We're here for a resource. I mentioned many times we have great 24 seven customer solutions. We're all here to help. This is our mission, why we exist and just jump in head first and great things will come. I promise you email marketing works.
0: Awesome. Well, if everybody at Aweber is as passionate as you are and knowledgeable and friendly and helpful, then I think we're all in the right place by choosing a AWeber, but yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and educating us about how we can get started with email marketing. Do you have anything that you absolutely love? You're in a, an interesting position. Um, most of our guests have been working from home for years. So I'm kind of curious about what your answer is going to be to this question. What is your favorite thing about working from home and being able to be with your kids. Wow, um, my favorite thing. I, you know, I
1: think it's that we eat dinner together every night. Before working from home, I had my commute. I was often running around, like from here to there. I wouldn't get home till late. The kids maybe would, you know, get something thrown together for them. But being at home and having that extra time, it's really helped me in like meal planning and figuring out what we're going to eat like for the whole week. And so it's been great because I've been able to have the time to experiment with different meals and kind of add some new recipes to my arsenal. And it's been nice. You know, we we have dinner together every night. We talk. We share about our day. Each kid gets to go around and uh, they take turns saying prayers every night or we'll do like Tell one person at the table something that you really love about them, or maybe we'll do what do you love about yourself. So the fact that we have sit down dinners every night has really opened up like communication for us. And I think we've gotten a lot closer over the last few months. So that's really been a, a really big blessing
0: in our life. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. And I love that you are a, a newbie work from Homer because you have that <laughs> um that perspective, you know. And I love it. so thank you for sharing. So yes, Thank you If you are interested in connecting with Jenna, where is the best place for our listeners to find you?
1: So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn or through email so you're more than welcome to email me um, it's Jenna b at aweber.com and that's j e n a b at aweber.com and I'm on LinkedIn you can definitely connect with me there. I'm also on Instagram at jenna underscore bagley. So I'd love to find you there as well. And if you want more information on AWeber and how you can get started with AWeber for free, you can go to the determinedmom.aweber.com.
0: Perfect. Awesome. And I'll have all of those links in the show notes, but I just wanted to see where the best place to reach you is. So
1: Thank you. And don't be shy. Definitely connect with me. I'm here to help. I love meeting new people. I love helping people. So, um, please reach out and let me know that
0: you found me here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. And if you are an online marketing for moms member, um, you can actually access a course that Jenna put together for our members inside of the membership. So Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And I love everything that you shared.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was really fun.
0: This episode of the determined mom show is brought to you by the Google, my business master course. This course will help you get into the top three search results on Google, just by learning how to properly manage your Google, my business profile, including optimizing and exactly what you need to be posting every single week the easiest way to increase your revenue in the google era is to be in that top three you'll increase your website visits your phone calls and your requests for directions of customers who are actually searching for your business at the moment that they need to purchase. So this is such a valuable course and you can access it by clicking the link in the show notes or you can also access it inside of the Online Marketing for Moms membership.